My headache won't go away. I get blurry vision. My balance is awful. I'm exhausted. We can all get these symptoms from time to time. But if you or a loved one notice you're getting a combination of them regularly, don't ignore it. They could be signs of a brain tumour. My headache won't go away. I get blurry vision. My balance is awful. I'm exhausted. To learn more about the common signs of a brain tumour, search Better Safe Than Tumour. Welcome to Let's Talk About Brain Tumours, the podcast where we'll be talking to people who've been affected by a brain tumour diagnosis, either their own diagnosis or the diagnosis of a loved one. We'll also be sharing news and updates from the Brain Tumour Charity about what we're doing to halve the harm and double survival. Welcome to the podcast. Today I've got with me Chandi and Laura and we're going to be talking about dating with a brain tumour and some of the challenges that people face when they're single and they're trying to find a relationship. So welcome to the podcast. Do you want to both introduce yourself and tell us a little bit about you? I'm Laura. Um, I have glioblastoma, uh, multiform, um, and I was diagnosed in 2018. Yeah, I'm Candy. Um, I host some of the episodes of the podcast. Um, they look at the spotlight, kind of what the charity is doing different areas and I had a pilocytic astrocytoma in childhood. Today we're talking about dating and this is something that comes up quite a lot. Dating, being single or finding yourself single when you've got a brain tumor diagnosis throws up all kinds of questions and challenges that are pretty unique to you guys. Do you want to start Laura by telling us some of the challenges you've had? Yeah so I've been using a lot of dating apps um, to yeah, make relationships, form relationships with them, um, with other people. And I've had a few, a few good dates and a few um, bad dates. I was trying to get into a romantic relationship via these apps. And usually it's just like conversations on the app and then you like agree to meet up. Sometimes... I have uh, decided to tell people just via the chat function um, that I have terminal cancer <laughs> and that has never worked for me. <laughs> I can't imagine why. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think I scare people away when I do that. So I decided that I would maybe tell them on the second date because I didn't want to like lie to people and I didn't want to go on dates when I knew that they didn't know everything about me. Although it's quite difficult to to hide the fact that you've got um, a brain tumour, especially via social media, if anyone searches your name, my profile just come up with loads and loads of stories about people with brain tumours and um, uh, articles and interviews that I've appeared in. Um, So for me, it was quite difficult to not reveal any information that would allow them to look at me online before me telling them that I had cancer. Um, I haven't even name. thought about that. Do you know, I yeah. you know, thought about <laughs> the things like that. what do you put on your dating profile? But I hadn't even thought that that nowadays the first thing people do when they meet someone is, is search for them on social media or, you know, just do a Google search for somebody. And even yeah. if you... 
haven't had the publicity that you've had. Most people have things on their social media profile that would kind of give it away in some form or another, even if it's just a picture of them going for a scan. Yeah, so you have to be quite careful if you if you want to reveal that face to face and not via social media, because that can be quite impersonal. With regards to putting things on the dating profiles, I never put anything specific on. Um, I just kind of talked about me as a person rather than me as a person with cancer, because there's more to me than just that. And yeah, the reactions I've had have been varied when I've told people face-to-face. And I mean, it's quite a lot to take in if you're thinking from their uh, point of view. They've just gone out with someone and um, it's the second date and they're already telling them about medical history and the fact that, well, for me, I've got uh, terminal cancer. And I don't know, I went through a stage of thinking... No one's ever going to want to date me because I've got, um, I've got a date. <laughs> when I was diagnosed in 2018, I was told that I wouldn't have longer than 18 months to live. And so like every day is, a, is a, almost like a blessing. <laughs> and I wouldn't want to let anyone down by having them form a relationship with me and then just like go and die or something like that they've invested a lot in me I think that that would be it's something that you'd have to really think about if you were going to start a relationship and it's difficult to tell which people will accept that and which people will be like ah this isn't for me I'm going to run away and to be honest I don't blame them it's a lot to deal with but it's it's been quite a challenge Lucky for me, I've I've managed to find someone who's not run away as of yet. So it's worked. It's just for me, it's been persistence, even when you get rejected, and you know it's because of the fact that you told them about having a brain tumor. You've just got to carry on going because there will be someone out there that will accept that and be like, "Okay, how can I help you?" Rather than running for the hills. <laughs> Yeah, and it's a tricky one, isn't it? Because you're right on one hand that it's a lot for them to take in, but you you're still you still want to live your life, and if you're well, and relationships are a big part of anybody's life, and it's natural that you'd want to have a relationship. Yeah, I think I've had my my tumor like and the impact of it since childhood. So like when you're in 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 school and stuff and you start dating, for the, like I say dating in the loosest term because you go home you're like, I've got a boyfriend or I've got a girlfriend to your parents. That's like, everyone's like so excited, but it's like, a, it's not really a boyfriend or girlfriend. And like all my friends would, would be in these like relationships and I wouldn't, I'd always be the single one and stuff. And I think my confidence was knocked a lot in childhood in that respect. And then growing up and going to high school and then going off to university, everyone was so confident in going out and talking to so that the people they found attractive and stuff and I wasn't I couldn't talk to women and in the students bar like I go out to the bar and I just couldn't speak to them and like I really panic and then like I think like self-confidence because I've got a physical disability from having had my brain tumor I find it I worry I worry that they're looking at that or they're like they, they don't want to be seen with me because when I walk down the street and I'm tired my leg you can really see that my leg is I look disabled more so than when I'm not tired. 
I guess, less hidden. And so I worry that they're going to be judged for being with me. So I'm like, why would I want to get into a relationship and then have that burden put upon them? And also, like, I think growing up, like, my tumour was so, it didn't know what it wanted to do. Like, it would it would be fine for ages and then I'd have to go in for surgery again. And then I'd be fine for ages. And then, obviously, I went into surgery again at university. So I don't know what's going on. Yeah, it's, I'm lucky that it's benign, but it's still a massive thing. And I know that when we were at the, the ambassadors meetups a few years ago, we'd always talk about dating profiles and stuff. I remember we were sitting in one of the hotels from on one of our training weekends in the evening and we were looking at each other's Tinder profiles and stuff and we were like, what should we do? How can we make ourselves look really cool and stuff like that? And it was that thing around the bio situation, like, what do you put? Because I know that when I have spoken to to women on there and have a really good chat and then like the, the tumour comes up, it automatically like, there's like three things that can happen. They'll just stop talking to, to me or they'll talk to me for a bit and then the conversation will slowly drift off and then you'll be ghosted or they'll immediately like unmatch you or something like that. And it's, it does knock your confidence quite a lot. But as, as Laura said, you just got to be yourself and you just got to do what feels right for you. So do you put in your profile that you've got a brain tumour or is that not something you you do? I think like, so we were talking about this when I, I mentioned the training weekend we were away, like, and how do you like overcome those barriers? I guess you equal them. For me, I'm I like humour. When I talk about my 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 humour, like I call it Timmy. It, it has given me like things to laugh about and joke about as much as it has things that hurt and I don't want to talk about. I've could tie my shoelace one handed, so like we would put that in the bio, so there'd be a negative. Oh yeah, he's got a tumour, but he could tie his hand one handed. So like flip it and make it something that, yes, it does feel a bit like, have you seen The Fault on Our Stars? It does feel a bit like that sort of situation. But you can also like just being yourself and showing that, yeah, things are really tough, but this is who I am. And if you don't like it, see you later. What's kind of the worst reaction that you've had of somebody when you've told them? It's just like that, that awkward pause. I don't know if Laura's had that situation, but you tell them and they look at you like what do I say now yeah I tend to just talk a lot in those situations but it's funny that you should bring up uh fault in our stars um I often joke to my family that people should I should put on my bio that anyone that likes fault in our stars should um should date me (laughs) (laughs) um but yeah I've not done that yet trying to bring yeah comedy into it I think that's quite a good way to handle it and then rejections don't hurt as much and at the end of the day I think that humor element like that you might not become your partner or whatever or like might not date each other but I find it easier to make friends that way making that humorous element to it they're more likely to keep talking to you and just wanting to be your friend it's hard for me to deal with some days like I don't want to get out of bed some mornings and I'm not expecting you to to want to be my girlfriend or whatever or get into a relationship with me but just be my friend just talk to me let's let's get to know each other in that way uh, if you don't want to date me that's cool as more pressure is especially with like tinder and stuff you have to get that automatic feedback because you can see how many people have swiped right on you you can't see their profile but it tells you like 10 people have swiped right on you let's see if you match them and then when you don't match them 
it makes you feel awkward you feel like is it me or what what is it and stuff like that yeah if you've had that feeling or to a degree that's what the site's about you've got to match with someone and it's yeah I mean I think you've just got to almost be picky but not too picky that's not a good way to do it either I have to say myself I've been quite picky so every time I've complained about being single and my family is just like stop being so picky but you've got to be picky with this sort of stuff I was going to say, you know, because that's come up for definitely when I've spoken to people, this feeling of needing to settle or be grateful when somebody agrees to go out with them. They're almost like, you know, I should be grateful. I I should think myself lucky that someone even bothers. But like you said, why should you compromise, Laura? Do you feel that sometimes there has been that pressure? I think because I had my diagnosis quite late. I was 18 when I was diagnosed. I had already um, been able to get out in the dating field and I kind of understood my self-worth a bit more than maybe Chandri does because his was up throughout primary school and high school and I got mine after that. As you say, like, my confidence was hugely knocked going through school and stuff because I was having to wear like splints on my leg to help with balance and the movement in my leg and stuff like that which not everyone wears so like when you look and you stand up and you look different from your peers you are singled out and you're made to feel like no one wants is going to want to be with you I think that especially carried forward even till I was 18 when I was having my last surgery 18 19 and I remember my friend he bought me a chat up line book and he gave it to me. So when I was recovering from surgery, I had, all I had to read was the child line book. And that, I think, was like one of the... It hasn't really helped, obviously, because I'm still single. And that's like, what, six, seven years ago now? Maybe a bit longer? It was that humour, like, they said, yeah, you can actually. You are good enough to, to be in someone's life. You just got to do what works for you. It does make it, make those situations a bit more... Like it breaks the ice a bit more. Like when you can can joke and you can have that humour with them. But I think obviously it's really uncertain when you've had a brain tumour. Everything changes. It's not as as cancers go and as as, as tumours go, it is changes everything about you. And I think it's hard for for anyone with a diagnosis to to understand themselves day to day, let alone expect to be in a relationship with someone and try and get them to understand who you are as well because if you don't know who you are and like coming to terms with that and it's taken a long time to get here to where I am and I think when I was a kid I would want to be in a relationship because that's what everyone wanted to be in they wanted to to be with someone and stuff and I think now I've got older I'm like if when it happens it happens like yeah I get annoyed or I get upset when I see people like having houses and getting married and stuff like that but I realize like that's their journey this is mine I gotta just do what works for me you're nodding your head a lot to that, Laura. Yeah, just the, the part where you, you look different from everyone because I had radiotherapy and I lost all my hair, um, my eyelashes and my eyebrows. So it was just one bald mole. Um, so every room that I stepped into, everyone's eyes were immediately on me. <laughs> so I decided not to wear a wig to kind of like 
I don't know, uh, like embrace the fact that I didn't look like everyone else. I, did, I, I was going through something and I wasn't ashamed of it. Yeah, and yeah, just to have like, your personality be the thing that drives you, not what other people want you to be or want you to look like. Just be yourself and then the right person will find you. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> that sounds like a load of um but you both raised something that I've heard people talk about and I've talked about their profile pictures and how difficult it is. I know people that are putting profile pictures up of the pre-diagnosis because their appearance has changed, either their hair's not grown back properly or they've got scars or they've got facial palsy or they've put on a lot of weight because of steroids or they've lost a lot of weight because they're in treatment, you know, whatever their appearance almost gives the game away that there's something air quotes wrong and they don't want people to make that instant judgment. And I think that's quite a difficult one because I know Chandos, you're, you've got really short hair now. People can't see this when they're listening to this, but you can see very clearly your scars, but when you let your hair grow, you can't see your scars. Do you pick your picture as to which scar or no scar? Just going back onto Tinder now, just to have a look at what my profile. Do you know what it is? I'm um, in my my first picture on Tinder is, is when I went to like a they had a fundraising event at uni. And I dressed up as Eddie the Eagle, so I'm like in all the outfits. So you can't tell that I've got all the scars and stuff. And I don't put it in my bio that I've got a tumor at the moment. Sometimes I change my bio and stuff, so it's not like visible that you can see. It. If you scroll through my pictures, I think there's one or two where you can see my scar. They kind of look like those. The, the hairstyles that you can get luckily so like sometimes it looks like oh it's like it's just his, that's how he chooses to have it I think it does say a lot the way you look and stuff and even like having face-to-face conversations with people like when you when you meet someone you're chatting with them and stuff and you think maybe oh, I could I could ask her out on a date or whatever and it comes up in conversation you've got the tumor and they're like they pity you they're like oh I'm so sorry for you have to feel sorry for me no one has the best life but i'm i'm dealing with what i got and i'm just doing me and i'm just being myself if you think that you've got to feel sorry for me that's cool but i don't need those kind of people in my life right now like not exactly dating material is it that's like that's like worse than friend zones and also like i think my biggest fear is someone sees me out in public with a girlfriend or whoever and they'll think they're like my carer because that's something I read a lot online is like people who have got physical disabilities like myself or whatever, and they're out in public with their partner, they are perceived as the carer of that person. For me, I would I feel guilty of my, my family living with, with me in my diagnosis. So why would I want to bring someone else into that situation? It's hard, but I think end of the day, the right person will find you, regardless of whether you've got a brain chip or not, like we would have flaws, we would have things that we could improve or we would want to change. I used to want to change my scars, but now I think they're a part of me. So why would I want to change that? Yeah, exactly. And Laura, you've been on and off active treatment now pretty much since 2018. And yeah. like you said, you've had periods where you've had no hair and you've you know had various kind of attempts at haircuts over those two years I've seen you when you've had no hair I've seen you when you've got hair now which your hair looks lovely by the way yeah you see the thing is it's quite tempting to put on pictures of when you had nothing wrong with you 
um, and you had lovely long, beautiful hair, but that's not who you are now. And I think it's, um, if you're going to have to, you're going to have to come to terms with not having hair, you might as well just put it on your profile pictures because that's what they're going to expect to see. They're not going to, if you turn up and you don't have any hair and they're expecting to see someone that's got loads of hair, that's never good. But yeah, in general, it's been difficult for me when my hair started growing back. It grew back as like a, like a Mohican. Um, so only down the middle, not at the sides, because that's where I had the radiation. So that was a, a challenging look to do for quite a while. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it's, it's growing back mostly, but I have to be quite careful with it because I've still got the bald patches over here. And over here, so I'm going to take the side that's got most hair and flip it over. But if you find someone and, and they, don't, they don't really care about how you look, they don't care about your hair, they care about you as a person and what you've been through, not what you look like now, because that's, that's only temporary anyway. What's coming through from talking to you both is the starting point is accepting yourself that seems to be what you, you're both saying. If I can't accept myself and my own like appearance and my own diagnosis, how can I put that on somebody else and expect them to deal with it as well? That seems to be coming through from both of you. I think we live in a culture now like where you have to look a certain way to, to be accepted and to be part of the, the norm in brackets. You've got to have the love island like physique and like you got to look like all the people you see on that tv show otherwise you're just you're not good enough necessarily and i think adding a, a brain tumor into that as well you are constantly comparing yourself whether you, you acknowledge it or not we all do it anyway but when you've added a brain tumor into that you've got all the hospital visits you've got all the the mris all the scans all that and all the treatment and stuff added onto that i always used to compare myself Who's going to want to date me with my friend who is not got a disability and doesn't have to go to the hospital four times every month, every couple of months or, or me and would they want to come and sit with me in the hospital and things like that. But I think that's a, that's something I didn't need to worry about because like, as Laura said, the right person will find you and like, you really need to just believe in yourself and know that you are, it comes back to like, there's plenty more fish in the sea. I used to hate that saying when I was a kid. My mum would tell me that, I don't believe you. I don't know what you're talking about. It is true. Like You'll find someone eventually. And it's probably better to, to wait for that right person than to rush into something and then not feel comfortable because then you're just going to feel worse. Yeah, as you were saying, it was, it's all about image. I mean, the apps that we use now you basically ask to judge someone just from their pictures and that can be difficult. It can be difficult at the best of times, let alone yeah, throwing in yeah. brain tumour. Yeah. Um, so you've, you've kind of got to have good pictures, but if or you've got pictures where you don't have any hair, it's difficult to find ones that people will actually swipe on you um, and match with you. Or It's a difficult thing, isn't it? Because I think... Our self-worth is tied up with what we look like and what we do. Another aspect is that thing of what do you do? And I know you're at uni, Laura, but I think Chandos has spoken about this before about 
you're also limited in jobs and stuff because of treatment and all of those kind of things. And then it becomes that, what do I have to offer? I know I hear that as well. What do I have to offer somebody? You know, why would somebody, it's not like I can go and buy a house with them or it's not like I'm going to do all of those things, that that becomes the next thing. Do you think longer term when you're dating or do you just think in that short term? I mean, for me, it's, I've not had the typical university experience where all my friends have been going out, drinking, going home with people. I've obviously not had that because I'm not drinking. I'm not um, going out and partying because it would just make me way too tired. and don't want to be a drag on, on my friends. Some of the time I'm just not there because I'm having treatment um, in Germany or I'm having a scan or I just feel ill. You are pretty limited to just online dating, really. Yeah. Yeah. So that makes it interesting when you have to put forward pictures of yourself looking like you do. That's a whole new level of challenges. How about you, Chandos? Do you find dating in the real world or online? What's your experience of just trying to not use the apps? Is that even possible in this day and age? I'm pretty bad at both, to be honest face-to-face or online dating it's just all of it's a a mission with me but when I was at uni and stuff I think I found it easy to talk to people my first year and then towards the end of that year I got ill and my confidence got knocked and so when I went back to redo that year and to finish my degree like I think I had a different perspective before then I and even to an extent like up until I graduated I was so worried because I was comparing myself to my friends who were all getting into long-term relationships and because after first year you move out and you live with people so they'll move in together and maybe like happy couples and I stayed in halls and all this stuff and I was living a almost opposite life to them and I'd go out but then I'd, I'd leave early because I'd panic about being judged in the queue like leaving and things like that and I think I found it easier to talk to people face to face because then I could walk away if I was feeling uncomfortable or if I felt like they were just judging me or something, I could remove myself from the situation. You can do that online, but I think it's it's easier because you can make a joke about it like, and you can walk away or you can laugh together and then diffuse the situation. Whereas online, it's just, you get ghosted. That knocks your confidence hugely. Whereas I think when you're face-to-face, you can, if they don't want to know what to say, you can then fill off their, their body language or like, their facial expressions and stuff and you can make that situation less awkward for both of you because mm. I don't want to make anyone feel un- uncomfortable because of my diagnosis it's stressful for me at the best of times I understand if you don't want to get involved with that because I don't it's hard but it's all fun and games <laughs> I remember going on one date and shaking her hand at the end of it because I panicked because like I'd never been on a like a proper date before and like I like, don't know what to do so I shook her hand and walked away and it's those little things where like that gives me inspiration to go and talk to another girl I'm like I promise I'm going to shake your hand at the end of the date and it builds up that it's a definite more. first dates moment that could that could <laughs> like that's something that would happen on first date and it's easier in person like because you I know it's hard with COVID and stuff but I don't think it will be the same ever but maybe that's probably a good thing because not yeah. everything works for everyone it's difficult to get across in language sometimes what you're trying to say so if you're trying to be funny about something that's not that funny, like brain tumours, they're like, what are you doing? You've got brain tumour. You should be worried about that. But they're not getting my like jokey 
element to it. So yeah, it is easier to do it face to face. But I've had some issues like getting let into clubs and stuff because I don't have a driver's license because they took that away from me. But yeah, that was not very good. For me, um, it's it's been like doubly tricky because I am a lesbian. Um, so it's been difficult to find A, people that want to go out with me, B, people that I want to go out with um, because we're such a small minority. <laughs> Don't make it easy for yourself, do you, Laura? No, don't, do I? But, um, yeah, I've met someone and she's brilliant, so. That sort of leads us on, if you could both give advice to somebody who's sitting there now, has got a diagnosis and just thinking, what's the point? No no one's going to want me. No one's going to be interested in me. What advice would would you give? I would say keep going. It might not work the first time or the second time or the third time, but you'll get it right at one point and you'll it'll be worth it when you get it right and you've got to believe in yourself as well that's key you've got to have some sort of self-confidence because if you don't have self-confidence then they're not gonna find you that appealing you you've got to love yourself before you're willing to love anyone else really what about you Chandos? it's not like my mum here I think like (laughs) as Laura said you got to love yourself first. As cheesy as it sounds, like that Justin Bieber song, like love yourself. Because if you if you don't acknowledge that, yeah, you are different and you are going through a really tough time right now. But coming to terms with my disability and stuff has helped me realise like who I want to be with or what I'm looking for in in a, in a relationship and stuff. And so I know what to look for when I'm speaking to women and stuff like that. And I'm just, I can be myself a bit more and be comfortable with who I am. And I think my friend told me, like, do you at uni? Like, as hard as it is to to be accepted and stuff in, in this culture that we live in, like, of looking a certain way, being a certain type of person and being cool or whatever because you have, like, a six-pack or whatever if you're a guy. Because or... I'm not six foot. I don't have a six-pack. All this stuff that I'm told I should have to to get a girlfriend and stuff like that. Don't worry about that. Just, just be you because we're all made to stand out and to be different. And if, if someone can't accept you for that. Do you think you in some ways that it's actually could be perceived as a benefit because you can, an old saying, but sort out the brief from the chaff. If you meet somebody now and if they accept you with a brain tumour, you can already tell a lot about them as a person that be a bit more genuine and a bit more into you rather than just how you look, which like you said, Laura, who you are is more important than what you look like yeah for me that that shows willing to stand by you even if you're really ill stand by you on your worst days and I think that's quite something something quite valuable Mm -hmm. and um someone you have a relationship with that surprised me though like they say like they want an adventure and stuff or they want someone who's adventurous and like I have all that like my life is an adventure not a good one at times like it's a stressful one but it's those things where like I try and make a joke about it and stuff and they don't they don't they don't understand it as Laura said or something like that but that's that's okay and like you've both had quite unique experiences because of your tumour that actually you wouldn't if somebody was with you they wouldn't experience I mean there's highs and lows definitely isn't there yeah you added a dramatic element their lives I suppose 
Everyone loves a little bit of drama. <laughs> I think even just by getting out there and talking to, to people, you might not get into a relationship with them, but they might become a massive part of your life in another way, like a friend who will be there for you and who can help you find that right person because if they are caring enough to, to want to be your friend, that's for me, that's made more, that's meant more in recent years than having a relationship and being with someone. We do have a relationship service. I can put a link in the show notes. So if anyone would like support with their relationships, we can also offer support. So thank you very much. Thank you. We hope you enjoyed today's episode. Don't forget to subscribe to the podcast so you'll never miss an episode. If you'd like more information, you can visit our website at thebraintumorcharity.org or email our support team at support at thebraintumorcharity.org. And finally, before you go, if you enjoyed this podcast, please can you leave us a review on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts so we can reach more people and raise more awareness. I'm Tamsin and I work in the individual giving team at the Brain Tumor Charity. Thank you for listening to this episode of our podcast. If you or a loved one have been diagnosed with a brain tumour and are worried about your finances, the Brain Tumor Charity's Benefits and Money Advice Clinic, run in partnership with Citizens Advice, is here to help you. Our expert advisors can help you access the financial support you're entitled to, as well as give advice on how to make the most of your money. To make an appointment with our Benefits and Money Advice Clinic, Visit our website at thebraintumorcharity.org slash money or call our support team on 0808 800 0004.